listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com, the author of Killing the Mob. Uh, Welcome to the program, Bill. How are you? I'm the same, Beck. How are you feeling? (laughs) I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Are you feeling Uh, better? Yeah, I am. Uh, Yeah, I've been fine for a while. We're just in the snow, so. Yeah, you're not too chilly down there? I was going to send you some earmuffs. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little weird uh, to be, you know, trapped with an inch of snow on the ground, but that's, I mean, Dallas is just shut down. Shut down. It's yeah, crazy. When I lived in Texas, it was, uh, you know, they got two ice storms, uh, and you'd everybody be sliding around, and yeah. that's just part of the uh, landscape down there, Beck. Yeah, so what's on your is. mind today? Well, I want to ask you what the biggest story of the week is. Do you think the biggest story of the week is? Okay, so there are three of them, and you can just choose what you think your audience would like to hear about. President Biden and the police, that's number one. CNN collapsing under the weight of their corruption, Mm -hmm. that's number two. And the astonishing uh, Whoopi Goldberg situation, where she doesn't know really what happened uh, leading up <laughs> no. to the Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, okay. astonishing. But I'd all like three to of them d- are important stories. So let's see if we can pack all three of them in. Let's start with uh, headline number one, Biden and the police. Okay, so uh, the big question is, why didn't President Biden come to New York City on Wednesday when the second murdered police officer had his funeral in St. Patrick's Cathedral? Can you answer that? I, uh, they are not for the police. Uh, okay, but he but he was asleep yourself, all day. Yeah, put yourself in uh, the Biden uh, administration, and people are advising him. Top advisor Jill Biden. So, if you were going to come to New York to talk about violent crime, and you arrive on Thursday, the day after the funeral, why would you not go Wednesday when thousands of people were at the funeral? You know, because, or outside. Be- because thousands of people might boo, jeer, or blame you. Possible, and that's not a bad explanation. But shouldn't you have the courage? And I don't think that would have happened inside St. Patrick's Cathedral. Remember, he's not going to walk around outside. He's going to mm-hmm. get a special entrance. He'll be in so the what's front the, row of the funeral. What's the answer? Here's the answer, Beck, and I'm glad you asked that question. It shows you're still on the game. <laughs> The answer is that he doesn't want to anger, as always, the progressive left, which hates the police and feels that there is that in general, law enforcement is an instrument of racial oppression. So that's why he didn't come, which demonstrates that President Biden is a coward. He didn't do the right thing. He didn't honor the police officer who was murdered when he could have. I think I have that's nev- pretty stunning. I've no, I have never seen an administration with such a tin ear and this out of step on every topic. They but are it out isn't of step. a tin ear or out of step. It's by design. They fear the progressive left. Now you can speculate on why they do. But there's no question they fear it. If you look at the open border, if you look at the equity policies by uh, putting 
dividing Americans into skin color and ethnicity and favoring certain groups. These are just things that never happened before in this country, ever. Yet Biden implements them, despite the disaster that unfolds when he has. What do you think uh, is going on? What what is the administration doing um, with Ukraine and Russia? Yesterday, that bizarre exchange from the AP reporter at the Department of State, where the Department of State is just saying, hey, we're releasing some information. Uh, they're going to do a false flag, and they're going to use crisis actors uh, to make it look like Ukraine attacked Russia. And the guy says, wait a minute, what? What evidence do you have of that? Well, I just told you. No, you just told me that you had it. Uh, it was a bizarre exchange. What is going on? Well, first of all, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that U.S. intel and, you know, they surveil Russia's uh, government and they picked up conversations that that was one of the policies they're working on to provide some kind of phony excuse to go in. So I think it's true. Um, I'm not really down on the Biden administration in Ukraine right now. I mean, I think that they're doing what they should do by telling Putin they're going to wreck his economy if he invades Ukraine. That's what it comes down to. And the United States is going to lead the movement to wreck the Russian economy, and it will. And that's why Putin hasn't done it. So you far. don't think you don't think Putin would respond? I mean, now the White House is saying uh, you know, that he's going to hack Putin. into our he's going to oh, hack yeah. into our power grid and banks and everything he else. He might, the, he might, but it, look, Putin is out for Putin. He's not out for Russia. He's not out for those people. He's out for Putin, okay. and there's a lot of danger for Putin here. Personally, I mean, he's not that popular in a country where the economy is terrible. Russia. Uh, the ruble, and I know you have a lot of rubles back, has lost oh, about 40% of its value since Putin started this insanity. I mean, talk about inflation in the USA. If you got rubles, they're, le- they're worth about 40% less than they were at Christmas. So I'm not down on the Biden administration on Ukraine. I w- I'm a fair man, as you know, and I'm watching what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's let's change to CNN. This <gasps> thing, this is madmen for ugly people. I mean, you know, this is crazy. I told my listeners and viewers, vast millions of people all over the world, a year ago, how corrupt this CNN operation was on every level. Right. Because I know them. I know all of them. Okay. And I know how heinous Jeff Zucker is as a human being, number one. Remember, he, was, he, and, he and Trump were buddies. And I had a journalist call me the other day, um, and, and he was actually believing all of this nonsense about the affair, and that's why uh, Zucker had to leave, which is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Okay, at the most, that's a two-week suspension. Okay, it's not a firing offense. But what Zucker managed to do was just corrupt the whole um, network by hating Trump, who was his buddy at one time. And the reason he did it was because 
he has in his uh, contract an escalator on bonus payments. That means the higher the ratings at CNN go, the more money he makes. And that's standard uh, for, for uh, people who run networks. And right. he figured out early, if he hated Trump, CNN's ratings would go up. Correct? And that's what right. happened. So for four years, he got all those bonuses. And then we're talking multi-millions now. Okay. But what he didn't calibrate was, as soon as Trump left office... CNN lost 80% of its viewers because all they were looking for was to hate Trump. So a new company came in and bought CNN. All right? They the should Discovery have let it go into Channel. receivership. Yes. And they'll yeah. take over in a few months. They don't want any part of Zucker because they knew, A, that he ruined the network as far as credibility, news credibility is concerned, and B, that he, um, behind the scenes, and not just the Cuomo situation, I mean, that was the lighted fuse, but in all situations, this guy was doing all kinds of things that were unethical in the world of journalism. They knew that. Everybody in the business knows that. And they didn't want him, any part of him. And so they found an excuse that he's fooling around with this woman, which was just an excuse because everybody knew that back. Even so, Stu knew it. So, so, but here's the here's the problem. Um, you know, Cuomo was going after him because they weren't going to pay the eighteen million dollars that they owed him, or right. you know, he thought they and owed Cuomo him. Cuomo had everything on him. Correct, and uh, so they used that. I mean, I think it's a combination of of both of those. A- AT and T is not going to pay eighteen million dollars to Cuomo, and. Uh, and and somebody's going to have to pay or be fired because it doesn't stop with with uh, Zucker. You also well, have here's what's going to happen. Cuomo's going to have... get Chris Cuomo's going to get twelve million. Okay, I know it. I I know all this already. He's going to get twelve million. They're going to settle with him. No lawsuit. You shut up, Chris Cuomo. So he get twelve out of the eighteen, which he'll take because it'll cost him. F- three or four million to litigate it, you know, for five years. Um, what's his name? Zucker. He'll get everything. He'll get his full contract paid out. Same deal. You shut up. All right. And but then there'll be when the new owners come in, Malone and Discovery, they won't have that shadow and they'll have to rebuild Beck. They should hire you back. Yeah. You, yeah, you, they chance. should hire you. No, I'm not yeah, serious. Right. Why wouldn't they? You work for them. I don't know how you got. You could stand it, but you work for them. I'd, I'd hire never you. Do it. Yeah, I'd never do it. So what do you think Discovery is going to do? Isn't CNN just... It, well, they're going to put... The Chris brand Wallace, is just tainted. Chris Wallace will put... Oh, oh, get, that's number one. Chris Wallace. And then that'll, that'll send a signal. Oh, we're back in the journalism game. Yay. Yeah. All right, so that's number one. Then they'll get Brian Williams. Okay, oh he'll go over there. So then they got Chris Wallace. They got Brian Williams. That's mm-hmm. the white white guy limit. Then they got they've reached yeah. their white guy limit. They got two, and then right. they'll hire a bunch of other people. Um, you know that are names that well, we're back in the journalism business. But is the culture really going to change over there? A little bit. A little bit. No. But not dramatically. 
No. The, the, the culture is way too strong over there for... Yeah, I mean, you'd have to clean house. And where are you going to get the reporters? They're, I mean, you, you can't, you got to go to the tree. You, the barrel yeah, remember, of the universities remember, are horrible. There are, there are a lot of broadcast journalists floating around because everybody's cutting back, cutting back salaries, cutting back this. I mean, CNN offered Gail King a lot of money, more money than she's making at CBS, to go and do uh, the 9 o'clock slot. So they're going to throw money around it, people. They'll they'll build a new roster, um, but again, it won't be any more truthful. It yeah, won't be. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm right. not um, hoping for much. Bill, um, I want to change subject. I want to touch on Whoopi, um, but I I really also want to touch on your thoughts on the Olympics start today. We'll get we'll get that from you here in just a second. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Watch him every day. He gives you all of the news without any of the spin. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Friday. Um, I wanted to get I want to get a look uh, at the news from a couple of different people. We just had Bill O'Reilly on. Wanted to get Michael Malice on, uh, especially this week because of the the Communist Olympics that are starting in China. Uh, I think he has for for reasons we'll explain in a minute. Um, I think he probably has a unique perspective on China. Um, he is the author of the Anarchist uh, Handbook. He is uh, a very, very funny guy. Welcome, Michael. How is how are you? I'm great. Uh, greetings from sunny Austin. Yeah, <laughs> everything's is frozen it cold? here. And there was, it is frozen. Yeah, there was no food yesterday. It became a situation. That's the one yeah. thing I miss about New York. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. We have about an inch of snow here, and all of Dallas is is shut down. All right, so Michael, yeah. I want to talk to you quickly about the Supreme Court, about what's happening in the UK and France with COVID lockdowns, yeah. uh, and uh, and then China and the Olympics. So we've got about twelve minutes. So let's start with the Supreme Court. Um, sure. I mean, I don't think it's any surprise uh, that President Biden is going to fulfill uh, his campaign promise of nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court. Um, I think it's kind of going to be a wash. Um, in terms of the ideological makeup of the court. And I think it's going to be, and I think there's really no chance he's not going to get his nominee through because you saw Lindsey Graham has already been tripping over himself uh, regarding one of the nominees who's a, a native of South Carolina talk about how wonderful she is. So if there's one thing Republicans can be counted on uh, at all times is to tell the audience how noble and honest the opposing party is. Uh, Lindsey Graham is always first and foremost. That's their job. Uh, Rand yeah. Paul last week uh, had a tweet about how reporters used to be honest and used to tell the news. When? When was this? Spanish-American War? Yeah. What are you talking about? So yeah. it's always been the job, job of Republicans to tell the citizens that the, the media and the left and the Democrats are good, honest people, whereas you're never going to hear that from the opposing side, and that's why the Republicans are, you know, effective pawns uh, of the media establishment. 
it is it's really crazy to think that the republicans started as the ones who bucked the entire system isn't it i mean that oh yeah, yeah, that right. yeah that's, that's a great point 1856 <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. uh, screw this we're, we're going to be for abolition um we're going to upend this the peculiar institution that the south has and now it, it i mean I, it, when, when did this get bad like probably like 1932 when they completely got shellacked by FDR. yeah i I actually I think know. they probably lost their spine after Lincoln. I mean, I think I think that was the party of Lincoln. He had a spine. Nobody, no other politician has a spine. They get into power and they like it and they keep it. You know? No, no. I don't know if Teddy you... Roosevelt certainly had a spine and was a tough cookie. So well, at, yeah. at, but he wasn't really for window. liberty. Yeah, no, but he was yeah, certainly yeah. tough. He had a spine. I mean, even though yeah, he, yeah, you know, so. I don't. I don't understand. Alf Landon certainly didn't. By the time we get to 1936, so I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just pathetic and, and embarrassing. Because do you? Do you? It's, I just want to think. Especially after they went to Kavanaugh, you would think right. you know this decent man who has to go on Fox and talk about when he lost his virginity, just complete humiliation. And now, and Lindsey Graham, you know, shouting and screaming, "I, I, God, I hope you don't ever get power." All y'all want is power, and now you know it's it's just it's 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 almost it's embarrassing. Not almost, it is embarrassing. Do you think this uh, that Americans are tired of picking people on race and uh, this whole racist stuff? Do you see this turning? No, not at all. Um, I think oh. it's become much more ingrained in corporate America, which is where so many Americans work. Uh, oh. They right now have something called an um, ESG score which talks about equity, environment, and and diversity. So people go to government schools, uh, and then they watch uh, corporate media and corporate entertainment, uh, and they go to work in corporate America, and the message everywhere is uh, diversity is important, and people go home and they don't care about politics, so they smile and nod and repeat this. So I don't think they're getting sick of it at all. I think it's getting worse, but I think people who are interested in politics are getting more sick of it, but that's a quite small minority. How stupid were we to go to public education and expect public education to teach us not to trust the government and keep them small? I mean, it's insanity. Let me switch topics. I want to go over to the UK and Boris Johnson. Um, Boris Johnson, I think he stopped all the COVID stuff uh, because he was in trouble. And now he's in trouble because he was pulling back on the lockdowns. Are they driving him out? Is he gone? It looks like he's as close to gone as it's possible to be for a prime minister. Just a few days ago, four of his top ministers resigned. Um, he's, a, he's, the, he's the conservative Gavin Newsom. Because yeah. while Britain had these lockdowns where they made it illegal for more than two people to meet, which, as you know, defeated COVID forever. And there was no COVID <laughs> as a result of these moves, right? Exactly um, right. He was, ha- he was having keggers and number 10, which is the prime minister's office. Um, so this really kind of speaks, you know, people like Boris Johnson because he was a kind of outspoken. He had the crazy hair like Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. Americans kind of thought maybe he's a British Trump. He's a hardcore globalist. Um, and this, I think, is as low as it gets, that when you're making it illegal for people to say goodbye to mom in the hospital or to have funerals, you're throwing a beer bash at the office. So but- you knew... The whole time, this was a bunch of crap. 
if you look at France, uh, Macron has come out and, you know, he said he's going to make anybody who doesn't get the vaccine. Um, he's working. And these are his words to piss them off. That would tell you that he either doesn't want to get reelected or the people of France are pretty much for all of this stuff. Oh, I, mean, I, I think we've seen this in America, what an effective way it is to create an outgroup. I mean, when you are someone who just takes your marching orders from the corporate press, when someone is defiant, this creates a psychological problem for you because now you have to make a choice. And that is something that they're desperate to avoid. There's at least two types of people. There's those who prefer safety over liberty and those who prefer liberty over safety. And in my view, as someone who's for national divorce, there's no reason for these two types to share the same system. It's perfectly uh, no. valid if you want to live in your house and never leave. That's your problem, not mine. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that, um, that that's becoming more and more popular. I don't know how we come back together if you don't agree on the Bill of Rights. Let me let me change here quickly because I'd like your perspective. You you know have been over to North Korea. You have studied these re repressive regimes, um, China and the Olympics. Should we be going? Well, yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's kind of. I'm thinking back to was it 1936? Jesse Owens in Berlin, yeah. uh, kind yeah. of giving Hitler the finger by winning all those races. Uh, I think this right. is really the Olympics have historically been. Uh, especially since the fall of the Soviet Union, a way for China to flout its accomplishments on the world stage. So, yeah, I think we go to the belly of the beast and kick their ass and build, bring those gold medals <laughs> back home to the U.S. Absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but the one of the stars of the U.S. ski team is now skiing for China. Uh, when are we when are we going to admit to ourselves that? China is a pretty evil place with what they're doing to people. And many of our corporations are using slaves and they don't really care. No, when are we going to say what Reagan said? You know, the people aren't, but the system is just evil. It's just evil. And we're becoming more and more like it every day. Well, yeah, I mean, I made the point that corporate America has done a better job of introducing Maoism into the United States than the Chinese Communist Party ever has. You have these struggle sessions, which for people who don't know, during Mao's reign, you have to get up in front of your peers and denounce yourself and what you did wrong. And they gave you something that they called criticism and self-criticism. And this is exactly right now what you're doing in businesses where you have to stand up, proclaim that you're a racist, uh, defy your privilege, and then everyone has to denounce you. It's straight out of the Maoist textbook. So they're a very evil company, uh, excuse me, country that's not even in dispute. Uh, I'm not a particular fan of the Olympics because that seems to me like this kind of comedy world government gobbledygook. Um, but yeah, they are really our number one adversarial foe. But Glenn, uh, it's going to sound like a joke. I'm much more worried about the federal government than I am about the Chinese government. Oh, no, I am too. I am too. Yeah. I think this, this government, I mean, I had a very sane congressman say to me last week uh, that the FBI is the KGB. And I said, and he just said it casually. And I was like, excuse me? And I said, would you say that on the air? And he's like, yeah, because it is. He said, we know. We, we're watching them. He said, we see oh. what they're doing. They are the KGB. They, they listen to all our phone calls. And here's another one. Did you know yeah. that? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When they were torturing people in Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay, they didn't know how to do it. So they had to use KGB manuals. I didn't know that. 
I haven't heard. Yeah, that, that was part of that CIA, CIA report that got uncovered that, you know, made us, it was like, oh, it makes us look so bad. Well, maybe we shouldn't be torturing people in these absurd ways. You know, either that, I mean, I, I am against torture, but if you're going to torture, at least admit it, have the balls to admit it. Yeah, we think it's effective and here's why. It drives me nuts that we say on our high horse, we don't torture. And A, yeah. we do. And B, if we don't, we send them to places like Egypt to torture for us. I mean, it's ridiculous. That, 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 that's ex- and here's another one. You know, I, I spoke with someone who's a former FBI or CIA. I always get them confused. And the thing was, you're not allowed to like look up, let's suppose your ex-girlfriend's Gmail. So what they would do is they call their contact in France and say, hey, oh, yeah. can you check out yeah. this person? They send them here. So these agencies are beyond corrupt and, in my view, beyond redemption. And whatever purpose they may have served, they've gone so beyond. I mean, look what they did with Trump. Um, it's just so beyond the pale. Uh, but again, they're hand in hand with the media. So the level of outrage that's appropriate is never going to be reached or not in the near future from the population. Well, I will tell you, I think the truckers have started a um, God bless them. Uh, a bottom class. I know a bottom up kind of. Uh, you know, middle class revolt, which is crazy because that's what Marxists always want. And they hate this one. They need to shut that. The Marxists who are now elites need to shut that down. It's crazy. And I've, I've made this point to conservatives many times. They don't care about transgender people or Muslim immigrants. Whenever the group goes against what they want, overnight they become the villain. And for decades, the labor working class, the unions, the labor was the backbone of the left. That's the name of the left-wing party in Britain is still the Labour Party. And as soon yeah. as these truckers are like, we don't want to do this, all of a sudden they're Klansmen, which to my understanding wasn't even an organization in the Canada. <laughs> Michael Malice, thank you so much. I appreciate Always it. Always a pleasure, Glenn. Stay safe. Always Take a pleasure. He is, he, you should follow him online. He is very, very funny. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So, Stu, give me the story again. The Olympics have already started in in China. Uh, we'll see, obviously, the broadcast uh, if you care to watch it. I I hope that they uh, NBC loses every viewer they could possibly get on this propaganda show because that's exactly what it is. It started with propaganda today. Yes, it certainly did. And uh, in, f- in fact, instead of me telling you the story, let me just give you a, a clip of the audio. This is Savannah Guthrie describing the events at Jeez. the um, opening ceremonies today as a Uyghur uh, chosen by the Chinese Communist Party is uh, there to co-light the, the Olympic flame. Listen. Like this moment uh, is quite provocative. It's a statement from the Chinese President Xi Jinping to choose an athlete from the Uyghur minority. It is an in-your-face response to those Western nations, including the U.S., who have called this Chinese treatment of that group genocide and diplomatically boycotted these games. There will be much discussion about this. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So she's wow. stating a neutral fact, which plays into um, the propaganda of it all. She doesn't, I mean, even if she wanted to, which I'm not convinced she would, um, but we'll see when she comes home, she couldn't say anything differently. And NBC wouldn't want her to because NBC is owned by NBC Universal. 
And they want their movies in China because we are no longer American-centric at all. We've sold out to China. Just so you know, we don't claim that this is genocide. It is genocide. We have the documents. um, And you know what? I should bring them in on uh, Monday so you can see it. We don't have it on tape. We have a transcript that was smuggled out of China where President uh, Xi said, you know, they claim the Uyghurs are terrorists. Um, And he said in a council where they are all talking about what to do with them, it's not enough. You've got to get the mothers, the wives, and the children. All of them have to be exterminated. That's what's happening in China, and we're turning a blind eye. And by the way, they're not exterminated immediately. Um, You know, they can be sterilized, so they can't have any children. And then they can work at slave factories and make great products for us. Isn't that great? Jeez. So, I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do in this situation. I will say it's not that. You know, maybe you can't say this is a disgraceful piece of propaganda. It is based on Chinese Communist Party lies, and they will pay the price for this, uh, hopefully for many years to come. Maybe you can't say that because you might get murdered. I understand that. Better than her approach, honestly, would be not to mention it at all. The reason they chose a Uyghur minority is to make people believe this genocide was not occurring. You then mention it, highlight it, and do not say that uh, the, the the facts of the matter, which is that this genocide is going on, you make it seem like it's a back and forth between warring political parties, one of which is somewhat unfair, uh, unfair uh, unfairly uh, categorizing it as a genocide. Uh, rather... Just watch the flame be lit and say nothing than what she did. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, you could compare this to uh, a home for the Jews, the movie that the Germans made, um, and everybody that participated in it was uh, exterminated right after, sent to the gas chambers. It was a massive, massive lie. So this should tell us something, though. Um, Beijing... Um, the the fact that the the winter games are being held in Beijing just was it four years ago, Stu, or six years? When, when were the when were the other Beijing games? It wasn't that long ago, um, and this is the first time a city has had both games ever. No city has ever been the host of the summer and winter games before. Um, but I mean, hey. Why not? Um, you had the Olympics. I think this is a turning point. Beijing knew the last time that they had the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. Um, it was a coming out, and China was saying, here we are. This is, this is another huge propaganda event for them. China is saying, you know, look how far we've come. You know, freedom and democracy. Is it all is it all that? Um, look at us. We're modern. We're new. We don't oppress people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This this Winter Olympics actually is not that um is not that message. That was the message of the first Beijing. This Beijing Olympics it's a giant middle finger. Uh, and we haven't seen we haven't seen a country that can build concentration camps um, really since World War II 
build concentration camps, say they're going to liquidate a, a minority population and then host the Olympics. Haven't seen it. I'm going to tell you about two Olympics. We know about 36, but I don't think we learned the, the right lesson on that one. But let me start with the 56 Olympics. In October 1956, the Soviet tanks rolled into Budapest with a mission of squashing the massive Hungarian uprising against the communist government. Three weeks later, 2,500 Hungarians were dead, another 20,000 wounded, 22,000 more had been arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned, 350 had been executed. This is what communism always does. Let's not forget that. This is what communism always does. So the Olympics are coming. And the Hungarian water polo team was already in Melbourne, Australia for the Olympics when they learned of the communist assault on their countrymen. Their semifinal was against the Soviet team. And it became what was called blood in the water match because fights broke out between the players who pummeled, clawed, and kicked each other throughout the game. There was the Hungarian uh, polo star, excuse me if I screw his name up, but I do that for everybody, uh, Irvin Zador. He had to leave the pool with blood pouring from his head after a player opened a gash above his right eye. It was brutal. Hungary ended up beating Soviets on to win the gold medal. And uh, Irvin Zador returned to um, his home, uh, well, with less than a um, hero's welcome because the country had changed. He defected to America, and dozens of Hungarians did the same. He never played water polo again. He died just a few years ago in 2012, and right before he died, he gave an interview, and he said, I gave all of that up to be a nobody with no marketable skills who didn't speak English at all. It wasn't an easy decision, but I hated the system and the Hungarian communist. I couldn't see myself going back, especially with the Russians really ticked off at me. But whatever happened in the last 55 years, there hasn't been one moment that I regretted it. Think of that. He could have gone home to a hero's welcome. They may have killed him, but he didn't know. He found a job as a lifeguard at a club in Oakland for $6 an hour plus his meals. Eventually, he went to working installing air conditioners and building furniture. Then he opened a restaurant, he ran a hotel, he operated a gun range. Through it all, though, he never stopped coaching swimmers. In fact, when parents of the Oakland pool discovered Zador had been an Olympian, they asked him to give swim lessons for his kids. One of those kids was Mark Spitz. If you're my age, you remember him as a multiple gold-winning athlete. In fact, he became the all-time most decorated Olympic athletes. Now he's one of them. For the rest of his life, 
he carried that scar above his right eye. He knew what was real. Now let's go to 2022, shall we? An 18-year-old American athlete named Eileen, uh, is it Goo or? Yeah, it's Goo, isn't it? G-U. She's one of the top female freestyle skiers, favorite to win three gold medals at the Beijing Olympics. She is already a professional model. She has appeared in campaigns for Louis Vuitton, Tiffany. She is, uh, she's just been hired to do a campaign for Victoria's Secrets uh, or Victoria's Secret. Uh, she only has one. She plans to enroll at Stanford this fall. She's born and raised here in the United States. Her father is American. Her mother is Chinese. She grew up doing most of her skiing in Lake Tahoe. This is almost a classic all-American fairy tale, except for the fact that two and a half years ago, she announced on Instagram that she'll be competing for Team China. China is beside itself with this propaganda coup. She's already a superstar over there. She has multiple product endorsement deals, including one with the communist-run Bank of China. China doesn't have dual citizenship, so speculation is that Eileen may have to renounce her American citizenship to compete for China, or at least cut a special deal with the Chinese government. She rarely gives interviews. She's refused to answer questions about her citizenship status, about China's human rights atrocities. But, hey, doesn't she look good in underwear? Doesn't she really look hot with that Louis Vuitton purse? If you watch the Wednesday night special this last week with Peter Schweizer, you see what's going on here. This is just another example of China's strategy of what they call, in their own language, quote, elite capture of Americans. China is winning on all fronts. And Eileen is just a sign of the times. Her story is the latest exhibit of American rot that is handing the future to our enemy, an oppressive killer regime. Now, she's not the enemy, and the Chinese people are not the enemy. The enemy is the Chinese Communist Party that plays for keeps, and they're playing for the whole world. And if you don't like it, they will kill you. You know, it's really pathetic. We were the country that used to be the place to escape to. People like Irvin Zador. He hated communist oppression so much. He and others willing to leave everything behind just for the chance to build a life of freedom. America was built by defectors. Every single big movement of America gaining population was because they couldn't stand it in their own country anymore because they were being pushed down. Now, we're defecting to China? This Olympics, I think, should adopt the 56 Olympics, the moniker of 
blood in the water. Because that is exactly what's happening. American blood in the water and the Chinese sharks sense it. And a lot of that blood is there because of American elites. And make no mistake, China is the white shark that is surface that is just below the surface circling. Na, 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 na.